Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 317 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth, it is going well. How are you doing? Uh, I am doing well, too, and uh, we got some surprising stuff to talk about this week, I would say. But before we get to that, we got another co-host in Krim. How are you today, Grim? Oh, I am great. Well, let me explain also why really quick. There might be some news over this past week about the set that I've been most hyped for to come out uh, of, uh, <laughs> like, after since its announcement. So, uh, you know. <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a good segue. Uh, the main topic of our cast today, actually, I think the only non-fish male topic is, uh, we got very early Strixhaven spoilers. Like, we just had Keldai. We haven't even gotten to Time Star Remastered yet. The spoiler season for that starts Thursday. And Wizards on their stream last week were like, hey, let's tell you a bit about Strixhaven, which comes out in a month and a half, two months, something like that. So we actually have some Strixhaven cards to talk about. We found out about the colleges of Strixhaven, some interesting new promos coming along with the set. So Strixhaven, main topic of the cast today. New cards, all all that stuff and then answering fish mail because we didn't get to it last week but before we talk new magic cards a quick reminder that our show today is brought to you by card conduit and if you've ever tried to buy list your magic cards it's a lot of sorting a lot of shipping a lot of typing not a whole lot of fun well card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your cards and if you'd like to avoid those hassles and all the time it takes to sell your cards this new service from the folks at card hoarder will sort grade and sell your your cards for you and once your shipment is processed you'll get the proceeds minus their fee and right now you can get a 10% discount by going over to cardconduit.com slash goldfish so thank you to card conduit for supporting the show and uh, with our sponsorship stuff out of the way let's talk some new magic cards so first off before we get into the cards were you guys at all surprised by the timing of this? Like, I, even when Wizard said, okay, we're going to do a little, like, Strixhaven thing, I was assuming they were going to, like, show off some art or something like that. Are, are you at all surprised that we got literal Strixhaven spoilers last week before even getting to Time Spiral Remastered? Mm, not, not really. I think there definitely would have been, like, a few cards. I, I mean, okay, I, I guess you're right. To the level of depth that they explained everything or get revealed everything at, like, okay, I'm a little bit shocked by how much that is, but not at the same time, not really, because with an announcement like that, I think you have to follow it up with some pretty good stuff, right? And uh, I mean, I think they did follow it up with some pretty good stuff. What about you, Richard? What do you think about the timing of these spoilers? Like, is it too early since we have a whole nother set to go and we're still like six weeks or something away from the set releasing and like a month away from actual spoiler season? It's it's weird. I mean, the earliness doesn't bother me, but the out of orderness with Time Spell Remastered and the fact that they always release a like preview schedule and never follow it. Like, what is the point? <laughs> Right? Like, no one was expecting this, so we were scrambling to get the previews up on the site and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, but this is this is classic Watsy. In fact, I don't know, maybe they're trying to, like, cover up the B&R or something. Like, was there bad news they're trying to, they're trying to cover up? Because it seems really weird that they would just drop all this stuff when the next set is indeed Time Spot Remastered. <laughs> 
Yeah, that that's the funny thing is I think the BNR went over really well. I heard Aaron Forsythe talking about it on Twitter, and they were like, eh, internally, we really had no idea if this was going to be like a huge freakout and people were going to be really mad, or if people were going to be like pretty happy. And I think it ended up being the the pretty happy version. Like I, I think the BNR. So yeah, I don't know that they were actually trying to like push something else off of the front page of Reddit or whatever. But I'm not going to complain because I love talking about new Magic cards, and we actually have a pretty interesting cycle to talk about. Uh, a, a mega cycle? I don't even know. Uh, we got more commands. So, Richard, why don't you guide us through these commands, each of which show off a different color combination, which is also a college at Strixhaven. So, Richard, take it away. All right. So, if you have forgotten, Strixhaven, so the official set is Strixhaven School of Mages, code STX, releases uh, at the end of April, April 23rd. And... It is Harry Potter, basically. We have the school of wizardry, and uh, you're going to go and learn how to sling some spells, I guess. We have five colleges, and uh, we learned that the colleges are founded by elder dragons, the completion of the Tarkir cycle, so enemy-colored elder dragons, and we have the five commands. So we'll go over the five commands. Um and the the five colleges today and uh, we also have some new showcase cards that they previewed as well so we'll talk about those uh and if you want to see all the cards you can check them on mtgpreviews.com so first off we have lore hold this is the boros school uh i don't know what this is gryffindor who knows uh lore holds <laughs> are diligent no. researchers no. <laughs> and dare are we going to debate the colors of the harry potter <laughs> Please no, I don't uh, no, I don't want it. I don't want them to be compared to Harry Potter. <laughs> Dude, this Harry Potter, okay. I, I would uh, say this is more like Scholomance, closer to like a like a, a the Hearthstone or a Warcraft you, you, dungeon. You, you wait till we have like he who must not be named or whatever card. I mean, <laughs> okay, like Uro. Maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they have that, but Okay, I'm going to see the equipment. If the equipment is like wands and brooms and stuff, then then, then they got no leg to stand. If I see an owl in here, then they got nothing. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. But back to Lorehold. Diligent researchers and daring adventurers, okay? Their motto is leave no stone unturned. And their command is an instant. It's a rare, obviously. Three red and a white. Lorehold command, instant, choose two. Create a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token. Uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and gain indestructible and haste until end of turn. Lower hold command deals three damage to any target. Target player gains three life. And then the last ability is sacrifice a permanent, then draw two cards. Uh, this command's really interesting. I think this command is the command that when they first spoiled it, we were talking about it on stream, and a lot of people said... This is the worst one. Like, I think that card is really bad. I actually think Lower Hold Command is really scary. Uh, for standard, I don't think this, it's too expensive to show up in older formats. Uh, so it's not the next Atarka's Command or Cryptic Command or whatever that's going to show up in modern. But in standard, I think if you look at this, 
it's it's essentially like heroic reinforcements is how I view it. Like, remember how good heroic reinforcements was? Pumping your team, putting four power on the battlefield. This is plus one mana. It's a, it is five instead of four, but it kind of does the same thing. It pumps your team. It gives them haste, indestructible. It puts what will essentially be a four two haster on the battlefield. And you have all this extra upside where you can lightning helix something if you're about to die or maybe your opponent's at three and you can just close out the game with direct damage. You can sacrifice something that's about to die to removal at instant speed to draw two cards because it's an instant so yeah i don't think this card is like busted i don't think it's going to show up in older formats but i actually think this could be a legitimately strong standard card for like some of those boros showdown of the scalds type decks that have been running around i i think this is definitely a very good command uh just because of like first off there are it's weird to me that there are even in the year 2021 that there are commands that aren't instant so uh, like uh, this like you, you will we'll see more as we talk about the other commands but right now i think lore hold command is actually really really powerful uh the ability to also sack a permanent and then draw two cards i think that's going to be a, a valuable one and or just being able to go and kind of like lightning helix and put a three two like spirit creature is really good also being able to imp- like protect your board uh plus maybe burn the opponent like there's a lot here for five mana, I think this is a pretty powerful card for standard. Uh, I think this would be powerful like four years ago, <laughs> but I don't know about now, man. Like, if you want a finisher, I have one for you. It's called Embercleave, and it costs like three mana. <laughs> That's true. You're gonna get to you're gonna get to five mana, and you're just giving your team plus one plus zero, and you know you. So what are the modes? You'll you'll probably make the the token, and then give your team plus one plus zero, or you'll plus one plus zero and lightning helix someone to death. If you are trying to like draw cards off this, things have probably gone horribly wrong. And, uh, you know, the game is probably not going in your favor. So I don't know. It's really expensive in the world of Embercleaves, Uros, Bone Crusher. Like, uh, there's going to be another Uro in the set, right? And, like, how is this going to hold up against that? It, it seems really slow and really fair for what we're trying to do in 2021. The, the, the thing I like about it, though, is I feel like it's never really going to be bad. Like, I think most common modes, as you mentioned, are going to be make a dork, haste my team, smash you for a bunch of damage, or maybe the lightning helix, depending on your opponent's life total. Like, I think most of the time you're going to use this as an aggro card, but I actually really like that if things do go wrong and your opponent, like, rass your board or something, you can... Give yourself indestructible at instant speed to save it from a doom scar, let's say. Or, like, worst case, you can sacrifice something. If your opponent has extinction event, you can lightning heal this push sacrifice and at least get some value out of your board before all your stuff gets exiled. So I like that. I feel like it's good enough as an aggro card that I could see playing it. And then you get this defensive modes that are just like a bonus, essentially, that sure, you're not playing it, so you can play it that way because it means things are going poorly. But being a card that's good when things are going well and okay when things are going poorly, I like the flexibility, I think. Yep. That's mainly the key reason why I'm also in, like, I, it, which is which kind of seems weird because I think if people are pretty down on this command right now, but... <laughs> I, I I think this is exactly why I love this card. <laughs> I, I will say, Grim, this to me looks like a card that will kill you much more than you will kill people with it. Well, I feel oh, like yeah. he's trying to put it oh, in yeah. Jeskai control or something. You're like, Lightning Helix, draw two cards? Is this is this playable? Make a blocker, a 3-2? Are we blocking? Jeskai control. Do you, 
<laughs> do you think it's worth having the lightning helix be split up? That's one of the things that stuck out to me as like it's three damage to something and target player gains three life. To me, that feels like I guess they're probably going for commander because in the one in a million chance we're gonna be like, ha, Tomer gained three life. We're friends now. <laughs> yeah. But like, isn't yeah. that just like adding an extra click to arena for like the tiniest amount of value? No, because I, I think it's ninety nine point nine percent. So it doesn't fizzle. Yeah, you still that's what I was life, thinking. Right? Like, because you don't want to get. The you know the fizzle effect where if somebody just like removes one of the targets like well that feels bad. What if they lower hold command in response to your lower hold command and you don't gain the three <laughs> life you needed, right? So <laughs> I, I think that's why they do it. So to make it more intuitive, I don't know. What do what do new players think? If a spell fizzles, should part of it still resolve or should the whole thing just fizzle? And I think new players would expect that half of it the, would the, the, the remaining part to still go through. Yeah, but don't. But then aren't you going to have new players that are accidentally like? lightning bolting their face and giving their opponent three life or something because there's just going to be a million clicks to resolve it i mean that'll happen well, hopefully that'll arena happen. will be clear choose a player to gain three life <laughs> when you click your opponent you'll be are you sure you want to do this <laughs> the only thing i can make it better is if the they do textless promos of these oh, cards i, yeah, I think that the would players be need gold. to experience they need to experience that on arena just once so uh, wizards if you're listening <laughs> textless commands please we, we, we'll get to it, but we have uh, we have alternate language promos that people might be playing. So, <laughs> uh, okay, next up we have Prismari. This is the Is It College, and their motto is "Express yourself with the elements." They are the theater kids of Strixhaven, and magic is how they express themselves. Uh, so, raw creativity and meticulous artistic expressions. Let's see how this command holds up. It's three CMC, one blue and a red. Uh, choose two. Prismari Command deals two damage to any target. Target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. Target player creates a treasure token and destroy target artifact. This this is, I think, like if we're talking like maybe standard or something like that, or definitely historic. I think this is probably one of the more powerful commands uh, that that out of this cycle. I think this is, if not the this might be my favorite one, actually. Um, but that's only because it's, like, super electrolyze. That's just what it is. It's just super electrolyze with, like, a few more modes attached to it. I really like it. And it's cheap. And most importantly, instant speed. Yeah, I think this card is really good. I think this is one of two commands that I think have potential back to, like, modern. If you look at it, it's kind of a little bit, like, Coligan's command, yeah. like, maybe a bad Coligan's command, but in modern, you get the two damage, blow up an artifact, or instead of making your opponent discard, you can do the loot mode, which is nice. In standard, I'm really high on it, mostly because blowing up an artifact is really valuable right now. Set in the world Arbor of Embercleaves, yeah, yeah. and Great Henges, and Maul of the Skyclaves, like, most decks have a really power art, uh, or many decks have a really power art, uh, powerful artifact that they're built around. This is just like, incidentally a card that you can play in your main deck that blows up an artifact because you can play this for the like bad shock slash looting mode and then you just accidentally like have this sideboard card which is a huge huge deal in the current meta so yeah i think this one's going to be really strong and standard and i would not be surprised to see like snapcaster decks in modern uh taking advantage of it similarly to coligan's command i i will say that because it doesn't counter anything it feels very weird yeah if there's a drawback it's coligan's command it's almost impossible for it not to be a two-for-one. Prismari Command 
it's often going to be a two-for-one, but it's not always going to be a two-for-one. So I think I would rank it slightly below Coligan's Command, but uh, but I still think it's a solid the, card. The looting is nice. It, it, like, I, I will admit that that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Does this make Arc like Phoenix a deck? No, it doesn't. But, but <laughs> I, I, it does feel great in the Is It Dragon deck in Standard to me, because if you play against that deck, that deck's really powerful. It can actually take advantage of the treasure token, which is like the mode that is probably least exciting. But if you got Dragon to double the mana, it's kind of sweet. But the thing I like about it in the Is It Dragon deck is if you've ever beat the Is It Dragon deck, one of the ways they lose is they just draw like a million counters, but fall behind on board and they just keep peeling counter after counter. I like that this is a way you can like maybe kill something, maybe blow up a good artifact and loot away dead counters to try to find some of your few threats in the deck. So I think worst case, I don't see how this wouldn't be good in the Is It Dragon like draw go deck. Yeah, yeah that, I think this card's really the good. The best part is the treasure token. I, I got a little <laughs> why you guys think it's not good, but like. Just getting the the tempo swing, like Sibian Spirit Guide was just banned from modern, right? And standards all about tempo. So you you set them back by doing something, destroy an artifact, you know, deal two damage, you create the treasure, and then you slam your dragon, make another treasure, you have two mana now, and blah blah blah, game goes on, right? So I actually think the treasure token is one of the best parts. This is like kind of Uro without the recursion, right? Where you get to do <laughs> something and then you get to ramp yourself. And when you ramp yourself, you're going to get pretty far ahead. So I think the treasure is actually pretty important here. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Quandrix. This is uh, our favorite color, Simic. And their, <laughs> their motto is math is magic. Quandrix mages are ingenious math magicians. They study patterns, fractals, and symmetries to command power over the fundamental forces of nature. Uh, their command is three CMC, one green and a blue. Uh, choose to return target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. Counter target artifact or enchantment spell. Put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. This card is actually really good for for what standard is. If there's Sultai control and all of that already running around, this is this is a very powerful card there. Being able to like get back any of your creature planeswalker, obviously very wonderful. Counter it or or you know what? It's only counter an artifact or enchantment. It's not very good. But the, the countering an enchantment part is relevant in the standard meta when there's just non-stop sagas and you know Ember Cleaves, Great Henge uh, I, I, the third mode is, I sure maybe, but but the 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 last mode, uh, is also gonna be something that'll be pretty sweet, but mostly the first two modes are what are you gonna what you're gonna get out of Quandrix Command. Yeah, I think uh, I like this as well for a lot of the same reasons I like uh, the Is It Command in Standard, which is we got a lot of good artifacts in the format. And when you add enchantments to the mix as well, and you get Showdown of the Scalds and Doom Foretolds and Elspeth Conquers Death, that makes it go up even more in, val uh, in value. Yeah, three mana is a lot for an Anul, but you are getting additional value out of it. My main question for this is, where does it fit? Like, I would assume... 
the best home would be a deck that could really take advantage of bouncing one of your opponent's things and then putting two counters on your creature to get in for a lot of damage. So I would like to see some sort of like Simic or Teamer aggro deck almost where you can really maximize the tempo value of it. But I don't think a deck like that exists in standard. So I think it's powerful, but this is one where I have a hard time. Like with the Boros one, I was like, okay, that can go in the Showdown of Skull decks. With the Is It one, it's like, okay, that goes in Is It Dragon. With Quandrix, I, I think it's good, but what deck actually wants it? That's where I'm not 100% sure. Well, I think this card is terrible. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. I don't agree with anything you guys say today. Like, <laughs> I don't want any of these modes. They're super conditional. And then when you do want them, like, what are the odds they all line up? Like, you're waiting to counter their artifact, and then they play an artifact. But what if you don't have a creature in your graveyard? Or, or not graveyard, but what if you don't have, like, a creature on board you want to bounce, right? So, and then, you know, what is the point of shuffling the graveyard if Uro's not in the format, right? So... Oh, it, it's so you can beat rogues, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Got uh, there These it are is. also <laughs> conditional, right? I, I barely want them. And in the perfect storm, like, I don't know that I even want to cast this card. So I don't, I don't know. It, it seems like this was a hate card for a meta that doesn't exist, right? Like... You know, there, there's some like aggro deck that you're also mid range and you want to block their creatures while blowing them out as they embercleave or something. But who's gonna play creatures into an embercleave? Like I, I don't know, right? This is weird. This is a weird card. I don't, I don't understand what it's for. I was just gonna say, like, I do think that the bounce mode, if they added one more option to it, where you, or even if better, it, it could have just been a bigger simic charm. I think they could have totally allowed you to bounce almost any permanent. Well, if it could hit lands, I would totally be in. Like, <laughs> that would make sense. Then then this would be a really powerful command. But for standard, I think this will just be a playable command. Sorry, yes, playable command. I mean, the, the track record for cards like this is just so good. Like, even bad charms, when you read them and you're like, oh, this doesn't actually look that great, they usually end up being good because people just undervalue the flexibility of cards like this. So uh, I guess maybe I'm just naturally high on cards that have lots of options because historically, cards like that are way better than any of the individual modes actually look. All right, next up, we have a Sliver Quill. Sil Sharp style. Silver I think it's quill. silver, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what would I say? Sliver? Yeah. Sliver, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know what? I was thinking Slytherin this whole time, so it, it, it slipped. <laughs> silver quill. Sharp style, sharper wit. Okay, they wield the magic of words from inspiring battle poetry to biting arcane insults. Uh, this was Orzov. So we just beat them down with our rap battles, apparently. Uh, two white and a black sorcery. A sorcery command here. Uh, choose two. Target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains flying until end of turn. Return target creature with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yes, you heard it. It said mana value. Uh, target player draws a card and loses one life. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. And mana value is basically converted mana cost. So... I, there's no reason why this card is sorcery, right? Like, this should be instant. I, th I think this should be instant. Like, even if this were instant, it's not like it's a broken card, I don't think. However, for some odd reason, I, and I speak, I say this because I, I somehow, and, and I, like, without even knowing, dyed my hair, did all of this, and I'm actually part of the silver, silver quill house or college. So, uh, this, th this is if, but definitely my favorite college that's been announced because it's the most 
me, I guess. But I do think that the command itself is really, really, really bad. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, uh, it can't be really, really, really bad, right? Because oh, it's of like the commands. Oh, I think it's bad. It's gonna pretty much always be a two for one. Like outside of the like pump your creature thing, which I assume you like only do if it's going to be lethal essentially and you can just like get him for lethal maybe you choose that but any of the bottom three modes reanimate something draw a card lose a life target opponent's sex a creature no matter what order you choose those or what combination you are getting a two for one out of it you are getting a two for one but i don't know if two for ones are good enough <laughs> not not we need to have yeah three yeah for like ones they, now. They need we're, be... we're just we've moved on past two yeah, for ones, two for ones <laughs> is a thing of like 2018 but let's talk about 2019 forward Two for one. I've two for one somebody out of their mind and lost. So <laughs> because they eight for one you with an euro. Yeah, exactly. So if you look at it as a two for one, yes. But I think that because this is also sorcery speed and a four mana card, I like if this were even I I don't know even if this I guess were five mana, but it were instant, it would be I guess somewhat better. But the fact that it is sorcery really hurts this card. Uh, it, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I am just not a fan of it because it is a sorcery spell. So I think this is the second best for command that we've talked about so far. And because I think it does what the Boros one is trying to do, but can actually do it. I think the jump on the one creature is probably more effective than trying to give your creatures going plus one, plus zero. Like you, you don't go wide, right? Standard is like you have one creature, maybe, maybe two, right? And you're trying to like chip in and those creatures are huge like a love struck beast a questing beast things like that right or uh, a bone crusher giant so i think that jump is pretty good and then it's probably like jump removal um or you know removal return a creature so i actually think it's actually pretty okay-ish like it's like good like better than okay but not like crazy good but given that I think the other two commands were terrible, this puts it at the second best <laughs> command. I think it's okay. Like if you're if you're trying to grind mid range for whatever reason, like this could work. I think this this is actually a card you you would want to play if you're trying to grind mid range. Yeah, I also think you could be sweet in some Lurus decks. Like if uh like the Lurus Aura style decks, it reanimates essentially anything in your deck, and you have maybe all that glitters on something where the jump mode is actually gonna be like legitimately frightening. So maybe something like that could take advantage but of four it. Four mana. Sorcery. It's like two Elspeth activations, right? You make like a one one soldier and you jump something. <laughs> right? You return a two CFC and you jump something and you hope that's good enough to end the game. <laughs> Uh, last up, we have Golgari, Witherbloom. Their motto is get your hands dirty. They're bio-majors. They draw power from the essence of living beings, whether that means enhancing nature or exploiting it. They feel most at home riding zombie crocs, picking herbs from potions, and hanging out in the swamp making grim jokes. Uh, it's a 2CMC sorcery. Black and green. Choose two. Target player mills three cards. Then you return a land from your graveyard to your hand. Destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value two or less. Target creature gets minus three, minus one until end of turn. Target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So I, I think this one gets a pass for being sorcery because it's so cheap. It's a two mana command, right? And, and I think this is definitely a card that gets a lot more playable the older the format 
Uh, and it, it gets real, real powerful the older we go into like some formats. But yeah, like this this card I like. I like this a lot for for two mana. Um, th this might be my favorite command out of all of them. This is the one for me. I think I'm probably least excited for for standard right now at least. I know Wizards mentioned like the top mode, the self mill mode probably going to make more sense once we see the rest of Witherbloom from Strixhaven. Like, it sounds like maybe they have a graveyard theme, so maybe that mode gets uh, a lot more exciting once we see the rest of the set, but I think this is maybe the best command for older formats. I think the, the removal modes get much better in older formats uh, compared to standard. I guess in standard, picking off Edgewall Innkeeper, like, is relevant, hitting X1s, although the negative three, negative one at sorcery speed is a little weird looking because you can't really take advantage of the power decrease too much uh, most of the time. But I think this is one that can show up in uh, in formats like modern, potentially. My only concern is we've got a lot of the Golgari two-mana, like, kill stuff cards lately. Assassin's Trophy, we have uh, Abrupt Decay, so if you want an answer in your sideboard that's going to like get rid of your opponent's hate card, we have a lot of options for that. Can Witherbloom Command beat out some of those options? It does a lot of the same stuff. I like the life gain mode as a kind of like collective brutality incidental life gain against like aggro decks. So we'll have to see. But I think this is one I'm mostly excited about for modern uh, and maybe like Pioneer or whatever. Oh, and the mandatory uh, Dredge has got a new toy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that, that's that's just got to be said so every time. I mean, it mills and it gets rid of essentially everything except Leyline of the Void in terms of uh, graveyard hate. Yep. So that is upside. <laughs> yep. But like this has to be it being two mana is so good. I think that's why it's two mana. And that I guess that makes up for it being sorcery like this being maybe instant speed it would have been a little too powerful, but. Will it show up in Jund, Richard? Yeah. No. No. Because <laughs> I'm thinking Collective Brutality does basically, like, it does the two modes you want and more. Yeah. So I think, like, it's just not better. Like, you just really need to use that weird Abrupt Decay part. But, like, it does, it only destroys, like, non-creature, non-land permanence, which, like, not a lot of people play. And you're trying to do it at sorcery speed. Like, I don't know. What is it? What is it? Six kill, like, a red and six? You, you dunk Who red plays red and six? I mean, it's it's red and six and hate cards pretty much, I think. Yeah, which I don't think you really need in Jund, right? So, like, I think maybe if Dredge, for whatever reason, needs to play this uh, to, like, kill a hate card, and then I guess you can't kill a hate card, mill yourself, and Dredge at the same time. That's three modes. Uh, but I guess it's a hate card, and when you don't have the hate card, you, you set off your Dredge. Uh, so... Yeah, I think it's like niche cases, but I think because collective brutality exists, it's it's not as good. Yeah, that's that's kind of my concern is I think it's powerful, but there's just we've got a lot of powerful cards for modern recently and a lot of cards that are like somewhat similar to this. So I think it's good. But is it good enough to beat out the other options that we'll have to wait and see? I think standard wise, though. Would you play yeah, it in standard, Krim? Like, I when not. I read this, I'm like, I just don't really see an, it doing enough. The The non-creature non-land mode is blank-ish, I think, in standard. It's hard for me to think of anything that'll kill. <laughs> the the removal the is, sea. like, 
<laughs> got him. Got him. Take that, Yarion. <laughs> the removal is like kind of meh. I think it's all going to depend on that top mode being good. Like if there is like a good self mill deck, maybe you play this mostly for that top mode just to fill your graveyard because we don't have like Seder Wayfinder or whatever. So maybe if there's a Golgari graveyard deck, it'll be good. But until we see more pieces, I can't even imagine sideboarding this in standard, honestly. Yeah, I don't I don't see this currently as a good card in standard, but who knows, maybe something gets revealed and that totally changes. But this is more of something for like historic and back that I think could be pretty cool. All right. So those are our five commands. Those are our five schools or I guess colleges. Uh, in addition, they revealed the new showcase style for the set, which is called Mystical Archive. And the cards in Mystical Archive they revealed are Demonic Tutor, Swords to Plowshares, and Opt. Now, you find one Mystical Archive per set uh, or draft booster, three for collector boosters. They are not standard legal, but they are legal and limited, and they are legal in historic, barring some preemptive bannings. And Demonic Tutor and Swords to Plowshares is not legal in historic. Which is uh, so. So yeah, here here we are. And the art style and frame is very unique. You should check them out on the site, or if you're watching on YouTube, they'll be up. Uh, but it's a unique frame and unique art. And then in addition, uh, we have Japanese alternate art versions of the Mystical Archive. Yes. And they feature different art and a different frame. And they will come in collector boosters uh, in all languages. So you'll be able to access them without buying Japanese products directly. And uh, the art is very different and very sweet. So what do you guys think about the Mystical Archive and Mystical Archive Japanese versions? Oh my gosh. So first off, I thought the art style of the Demonic Tutor uh, normal was really cool. But then I saw the Japanese variant. I... I don't know if I want another Demonic Tutor outside of that. That and like Swords to Plowshares and Opt is so sweet. Uh, and, and like all the, like all three that I've seen, like so far at least, of the Japanese variants are just, wow. I am completely astonished by the artwork and I definitely need them in my life. However, the normal Opt, yeah, normals, the, the, I mean the, the regular Mystical Archive, yeah. Uh, and same with swords, yeah, but the demonic tutor is sweet. It's just not as cool as the Japanese variant. However, the border is nice. I like the border. It looks super trippy. I like, I like all these cards, honestly. I think, like, the op you mentioned, I think it just looks worse than the Japanese version, because the Japanese versions look, uh, I mean, they're some of the coolest looking magic cards, maybe, that have ever been printed, if you like, like, different versions of the cards, they look so good. I think the normal op, though, I think that still looks sweet in the swords and the demonic tutor, uh, so I, I'm super excited for this, and I'm super excited because, to me, this feels like masterpieces done right, sort of, where, rather than getting one a case, or two a case, or whatever, and being disappointed, almost every box you opened when we had old school masterpieces because you're kind of just like digging through your box to try to hit a masterpiece and most boxes wouldn't have one now you're going to be getting one of these in every single pack so worst case you get a dud rare you get bad uncommons worst case you know you're at least going to get one super cool looking card in your pack and that's 
going to make you happy and excited, hopefully, even if the rest of your pack is a dud. So I really appreciate the one in every pack thing. And, uh, and yeah, and I think the Japanese ones are, they're just like so, so cool. Yeah. That, this is the new foil. This is the new foil, I think, right? Because remember, they, they, they gave us Demonic Tutor, a mythic, right? But you're probably opening ops because it's one per pack. Right. So now they're cool. But later on, you're going to be like, I have so many of these. I don't care. Like how foils were initially. Right. You're supposed to get a foil in every pack to make you feel good that you didn't get the chase, you know, card in the, in the chase mythic or rare. You got a foil. But now foils are so common. Like, whatever. I don't care about this, like, foil common. Uh, so we're going to have to see what the uncommon and common mystical archives turn out to be. Uh, but they are super sweet still currently because we're not super saturated with them yet. And if you get a mythic mystical archive, then you've hit the lottery, right? I mean, I don't think it'll be that bad. Like, sure, you're going to get a lot more ops and demonic tutors. But if you're opening a whole box, I would assume that the way rarity works, odds would be in favor of you getting a mythic or two out of your box, probably. So you're just hoping to hit the good ones. I also want to mention... It's basically you can a, buy- a masterpiece, then, right? <laughs> I no? mean, yeah, but you'll get rares and you'll get, I don't know. It's not, it's not as, I don't know. I, I can see what you're saying, but I think they just look so cool that I still want them in my collection, like compared to normal cards. So yeah, if I end up with like 50 ops, that's going to be kind of a bummer, but do I want a play set of ops? I definitely would like a play set of those ops to actually put in a uh, index. The other thing worth mentioning is you can just buy Japanese product if you want to. Actually, on uh, Amazon right now, you can buy Japanese set boosters for the exact same price as US or uh, English set boosters. So if you want to make sure you're getting a bunch of the Japanese versions, yeah, the downside is all the other cards you get are also going to be uh, in Japanese if that's something that is a concern for you if people can't read them or whatever, but you can get Japanese product for the same price and order it easily even from the US right now. So if you want the Japanese ones, I would definitely look into that. I think that's probably cheaper than buying a bunch of collector's boosters, although you are guaranteed, I think, uh, multiple uh, in collector's boosters, although I think just one is actually Japanese. Krim, would the value of the Japanese ones go down if they're written in English? Uh, Let's say they use the frame. I guess it'd be weird to have vertical English text, but let's say they use the same frame and art, but it was actually translated in English for the English products. Would, Would that lower the value of the product or make it better? I mean, it would be weird to see the the vertical text box, right, of the title of the card, but if this were in English... I, I mean, I'm doing it for the artwork, so the artwork is just way too cool. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it would a little, but like I, I, I would still want them. Yeah, we, we were memeing <gasps> I, about textless cryptic, but if you're playing <laughs> like one of those kind of cards, right? Like it's basically textless, right? Yeah. So I found it interesting that they include like just straight up Japanese versions in collector boosters instead of just the Japanese I, product. I think it'll also depend on what cards they put in it like so far i think they said they're all powerful spells so we should expect all spells and then so far we've seen pretty simple cards honestly like as far as what they do swords of plowshares you exile something in life opt you scry and draw demonic tutor you tutor so we'll see it'll be interesting if there are any complex cards on the list i wonder if wizards would avoid that on purpose you don't even know what this card is right so normally when people play foreign cards you recognize it from the art 
if someone whipped out this demonic tutor, you've never seen it, you have no idea his demonic tutor, right? You're, you're just gonna guess like, what's a two CFC black playable spell that you could have in your deck? Because like nothing in here is legible unless you're actually Japanese and like maybe Chinese, you can read part of it, right? But it's like very hard to recognize these cards without knowing the art beforehand, right? Does, does Wizards seem to start putting like QR codes or something on cards so you can just like scan them and see what they do if they're going to keep printing all these weird versions <laughs> i mean for That's for not a, bad, not a bad idea like i i think the biggest thing for me about this is actually the 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 announcement's cool i love all the artwork but i think it's the legality of some of the stuff like why is swords not allowed in historic it's too strong for historic. How? Like, like, please, please. There is no way that that card. If anything, that's what historic needs: a swords to plowshares, not not path to exile, because you don't want to ramp. Like, I think path to exile actually hurts you in historic. But swords to yeah. plowshares would be the perfect answer for historic when it comes to problematic creatures. This could have made historic unique, right? You cannot play swords in modern but you can play in historic yeah right? but i don't know why they had to preemptively ban all of this but it's not it doesn't seem like they care about these formats anyway like why not just let them into the wild and then if it's really broken just ban it later and then they said yeah. that there's a few others right that are pro like they said the like the demonic tutor and the swords will not be legal but is that it or does that mean that there are other cards on this list that won't be legal? because then that means they deem some of these spells maybe too powerful which then Makes me wonder what that spell could possibly be. Probably, like, Lightning Bolt? Yeah, I think there probably will be more, based on just, like, how they worded it. It sounded like most of them would be historic legal, but there were a few that were not. So I would expect there's at least a couple more that won't be historic legal. It's also slightly awkward on Arena, I would say, because... Like, these cards are just not going to be legal, period, right? Like, you can play them in your draft if you draft them, but if you crack open a a booster pack of Strixhaven and you open a Source of Plowshares, can't play it in Standard, can't play it in Historic, can't play it in Brawl, like, it just exists in your collection <laughs> and you have to scroll by it when you're building your decks? Like, it, that is a little bit strange to me. Oh, this is going to be, it's still going to be in Arena? It has to be. Yeah, right? these are all coming limited. to Arena because yeah. they're in draft. Yeah, so they have to keep them in the packs to make draft the same as paper. So you're going to open a Demonic Tutor and just not be able to do anything with it. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. That's even worse. I thought this was going to be one of those things where they swapped it out, right, with something else. Yeah, no, they're still going to be there. They're just going to mock you in your collection screen. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it, has to be, it, it can't that's be a skin, worse. right? Because it's a different card. So it has to be a card. It has to be in the pack. And then they've just preemptively banned them from Historic, just because. So yeah, you open it, and maybe you get a wild card if you're lucky, but I'm going to somehow doubt it. <laughs> you're just going to get the card, and then that's it. The only only good news is I was really concerned that they initially when they did the stream, they said that these were going to replace cards of the same rarity. So if you open a pack and got Demonic Tutor, you would not get a Strixhaven Rare Mythic like that would be a Rare Mythic. Uh, so that's what they initially said. But after like asking about it and uh, so forth, Wizards came out and said, no, actually, they're going to replace a common. So at least that makes it a little bit better that you're not losing out on a playable card for one of these. You're just losing out on a random common. But it is still a little bit awkward. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, I don't know. I, I hate to think that they would make paper magic worse to make arena better. But it does make me wonder a little bit, like, if Swords is too good, 
would it be worth just replacing that? If you have four cards from this Mystic Archive cycle that are just too good for Historic, would we be better off if you just replace them with something that would be okay for Historic and have everything be legal everywhere? So the set design aspect is a little bit befuddling to me. Yeah. Wait, so so you can get triple Mythic in a pack now, right? You can get Mystical Archive, you can get a foil and the regular card? In paper, yeah. Yeah. In paper, you'd be able to to get triple mythic technically. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know what's up with historic. I think they should just let them in, and that would actually make historic unique, right? Like you you would actually have a very good reason to play historic now, right? Like you can play with cards that you can't play in modern. And it does feel a little bit like Wizards is okay with putting any ridiculously busted threat into historic, but when it comes to answers that are, like, a little bit good, they're very careful about putting anything that answers those really busted threats into the format. Yeah, which is I, absolutely I mean, the problem is ridiculous. you can't play any magic anymore, right? Like, if, if you get, like, Fatal Push and Swords or something, like, like what are you going to accomplish as a creature deck now? Like, absolutely nothing, right? So... You're going to have to make more Uros to compete, right? Like, that's the, like, that's the problem with Power Creep, right? Like, there's a reason why blue and control style decks like dominated legacy and stuff for so long, right? Because like the spells were just disproportionately too powerful. And they've been trying to correct that the other way around, right? So now our creatures are crazy powerful in relation to spells. But either way, you get an imbalanced metagame, right? Like you just one side will power creep the other side. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. Meeting in the middle would be nice. Like, how how about getting... I feel like they did just, like, swing a little bit too far the other direction. Like, definitely creatures were too bad and spells were too good in the early years of Magic. But I feel like they kind of, like, overcorrected. Like, if you're driving down a snowy road and you, like, turn really hard the other direction, then you fly off the road because you you overcorrected. I kind of feel like that's a little bit of what happened with Wizards. Like, trying to improve and fix the imbalance from the early years, they went a little bit too far towards the making the threats good and a, a little bit too safe with the spells. But maybe maybe we're heading back to a uh, I don't know to a place where we'll have some sort of balance between the two sides balance what <laughs> like literally yeah balance balance in uh, in historic please I, I would lo- oh my goodness I would play so much historic if I could balance people or even restore balance people I'd even accept that the, Wait, yeah okay no no that, we have cascade cards <laughs> uh, okay no so so yeah those are the promos. Uh, that's Mystical Archive. And I think that's it for Strixhaven because we're supposed to be going into Time Spiral Remastered previews uh, with the with the schedule that Wizards set out. So put, put this aside and uh, we'll check back in towards the end of March and April where I guess previews will pick up again. And a reminder, this is the commander set of the year. So they will have... Uh, Commander decks for each of the colleges, uh, full blown hundred card decks. Uh, so this like, will what, be the thirty one big... new cards or something. I don't have like, the exact number. I've... Yeah, I don't have the exact number either. I I think this is Commander twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. This is kind of like how Icoria was last year. The actual Commander decks for the year were kind of tied to the set. So I think that's what's happening with Strixhaven. Like this is the big batch, the Commander twenty twenty two. So should be some pretty powerful decks, hopefully. Anyway, uh, we didn't get to fish mail last week. I think that's all of our strict saving stuff. So let's spend a few minutes uh, oh, getting wait, to everyone's wait, 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 questions. Wait, 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 Seth. Let me insert a fish oh, mail oh. because we forgot. Okay. From Richard. He asks, what do you guys think about mana values? The new word for converted oh. mana cost. 
Oh, man, I forgot all about this, too. All right, so... I think that the intentions of the change are good. Convert a mana cost, it's a little bit long. It's not all that clear if you're a new player. So I think the idea of simplifying it, I think that's a really good idea. And I'm totally on board with that. At the same time, I do wonder a little bit if mana cost wouldn't have been better than mana value. Like it it achieves the same goal of making it shorter uh, and simpler and Value, I think, is a little weird to me just because I think a value is subjective. Like, a value is whatever amount of value someone places on something rather than being objective, when mana cost feels a little bit more objective to me. So, I like what they're trying to do, although I think I would have preferred mana cost to mana value if I had the choice. I, I don't care enough. I think that value is fine. I think value, it, it makes... Yeah, it, I don't know. Maybe... I see the change, right, to make it simpler. And for me, I'm not, it doesn't affect me either way. Uh, so I'm trying to think about it from the perspective of, like, somebody that just gets into the game. And, like, converted mana cost, I, I don't know, it, that's a lot, right? That's just a lot. And I, I, I think, like, the idea of, like, mana value seems more like a, a concept I could grasp if I'm a new player. Yeah, I, I like the wording. So the reason they need to make this change is, like, what is... The CMC of a split card, you add them together. You're like, well, how is that the converted mana cost, right? Uh, so, or, you know, what is the converted mana cost of a, an Eldraine, like, storybook card or adventure card? Uh, so I think when, when you say converted mana cost, it means something. So they're just going to replace it with a generic term, mana value, and then they can assign whatever rules they want to the cards. So I think it really is for things like the split cards. So I think this is fine. I also think I'm going to say it wrong for the next six months at least. So, <laughs> what are you going to what are you going to call it as? Converted mana cost? I'm still probably going to say CMC or like convert. Like I've just I've said that so many times for so many years. Even though I C- I think CMC want to will live over to mana value forever. And in the wikis, you'll see CMC means mana value. And people are like, how does CFC equal mana value, <laughs> right? Kind of like mill, right? Like, anyone know what millstone actually does? Like, I bet you a lot of the players don't know what that means, but they know what the word mill means, right? So uh, I think we will use CMC for a long time going forward. Telling you. Uh, it's going to be MV, MV now. MV. MV. Motion <laughs> you can, value. You can Got say it. that, though. You can say, I play. I played Magic back when it was still converted <laughs> mana costs. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be in the new damage on the stack yep. that you have the, the old timers 10 years from now back in my day. <laughs> I mean, it changes well, yeah, a lot of cards. Converted mana cost. Right? <laughs> a lot of old cards reference converted mana cost. So when they get reprinted, the Oracle will be different for, for, that for is, the purest that is true. Player, especially when we talk about Time Spile Remastered and the old frames, they're going to save mana value in them. I think it's still a good change, though. Like, I think overall... Little things like that that don't actually water down gameplay but can make the game more accessible for new players... I, I'm on board with that. All right. Anyway. Back to fish back mail. To fish mail. So if you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MDGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Uh, Gregory Emin, not to be contrary, but why is everyone up in arms about Exile recently? I feel like it hasn't changed much at all. Using the old wording, cards are either set aside or removed from the game. Uh, that's just Exile now. Is, is it a big change? Is it a big change? I don't know about big change i think it's just i think it's weird like uh i don't know Wait, what's the, what's the context of like, this is it the old bordered cards or the mana values discussion like why is exile no a big no deal? i think it's more that uh 
we keep getting more and more stuff that does stuff from Exile, casting stuff from Exile, etc. When years ago, Exile was like, the re- it was gone. Like, once it went to Exile, it was done for the rest of the game. Now that's not really true anymore. We have lots of mechanics that work in Exile, and stuff comes in and out of Exile just like it comes in and out of the graveyard, but or close to uh, how the graveyard works. So, I, I mean, I think it's a change, but is it a bad thing? I don't know. I do sometimes wish that there was a place where you could just get rid of a card forever, <laughs> and you had no worries about it ever coming back. Mega exile, but, uh, mythic exile. Me- yes, <laughs> we, we need mega. Mythic we need exile. mega exile. Yeah, mega exile is a thing, <laughs> right? Isn't that what we were talking about last time? I mean, mega exile. That that that's that's got to be the next zone. That's the new zone. At the same time, Wizards has made 27 years of Magic cards, and they've made a ton of mechanics, and they've done probably everything you can do with the graveyard. So it would also make sense to me why Wizards would keep looking for new places to explore. So you're not just rehashing, you know, slight tweaks on the same things you've done a million times before. And Exile was uh, a pretty untapped zone until the last few years when it didn't do anything. That's just where creatures went until they were, cards went until they were gone forever. So... I, I could see why Wizards is heading that direction, because it does open up a lot of, like, cool new design space that wouldn't exist if you couldn't interact with Exile at all. Eh, I don't like Exile. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that it's just another graveyard, it, it's just another zone, right? I, I would like to see a place where things go and just never come back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just a second graveyard nowadays, so I, I, don't, I don't know. And they're, they're pretty big on, like, these zones that are untouchable, right? Like, grabbing from outside the game. That's also, like, outside the game is also another zone, which probably is Exile, right? Like, uh, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know about this. And then we also have the emblem, right? Soon enough, we'll be able to interact with emblems, is my guess. I hope not. <laughs> like, they, we, they just, like, they, they got to explore new spaces, right? So they got to do something with them. We need a, a Doom Blade that lets you rip the creature it targets in half. <laughs> Just done. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's Mega Exile. Like, not only can you not use it the rest of this game, it's it's done forever. It is ripped in half. And then you call the judge and they can come over and then they DQ the person for uh, not having the appropriate cards. <laughs> <laughs> so if that creature just or that doom blade actually just ends the player's tournament <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> also related to this from antonio slusars considering the amount of exile effects in magic is it time to create an ability that prevents creatures from leaving the battlefield exiled thoughts Ooh, like protection from exile essentially yeah well i i, I think that would, wouldn't that just be the same as well, so you okay. have indestructible, which prevents your creature from going to the graveyard. So right. can we make <laughs> mega indestructible that prevents I, yourself I, from being I exiled? Think it's just mega everything. Let's go. I think we've already we've already had that. I think like uh Aethrios, the box topper, like doesn't the creature you put the the coin on whether it goes to exile or whatever like I-, I think you can get around just like whenever this leaves the battlefield return it to player or whatever so i think we already kind of have it wizards just doesn't use it very much like that and like kaya's ghost form right kaya's ghost form i think kroll has text that says whenever uh an equipped creature gets destroyed or exiled return it to your hand so we've seen we've seen steps in that direction I would actually like to see the opposite, where I think we're getting to the point where maybe we need exile hate. Like, maybe we need a, a graph digger's cage for the exile zone. Like, cards in exile cannot leave exile or whatever. 
Is there anything that's like even that bad though? Food chain. <laughs> I don't know. Like what? What actually? So like, not a lot of stuff leaves exile, right? We have uh, Miss Hollow Griffin. We have Eldrazi processors. We have things like well, Karn I mean, effects. Technically, adventures. adventures. Adventures go to exile. You Those have go to like. Uh, the, can you process an adventure? Yes, you can. 100%. Whoa, that's wild. Hmm. Or maybe just like exchange your exile zone with your graveyard. Maybe that would be a cool hate card. <laughs> like your graveyard goes to exile, and whatever is exile goes to the graveyard. <sighs> don't give wizards ideas. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't like protection from exile though. Like if if your opponent gives creatures indestructible, the answer is to mass exile. And if they give them like exile protection, then it's awkward, right? And then it's just basically exile literally is a graveyard now. If you can protect from exile as well. So I think holding on to it so they're slightly different is fine. Uh, from Veyvale, I heard some people would like to see combo decks back in Pioneer. What are your thoughts about this? I really like Ballista in the format. Don't you think it'd be better to ban Heliod and unban Ballista instead? I like combo decks, but I don't like combo decks being the best decks in the meta in a format like Pioneer, just because Pioneer lacks the tools to stop them. Like, in a format like Legacy, or even Modern is heading this direction a little bit, you have the tools to stop them. In Pioneer, I feel like you just don't have good enough interaction to uh, to stop fast combo decks, so I would like to see combo decks be playable, but I'm much more comfortable with them being, like, tier 2, tier 2.5, tier 3, rather than looking at the Pioneer meta and be like, oh my god, like, the four best decks in the format are all combo decks. Like, that sounds pretty miserable to me. Yeah, I would definitely, like, that's probably another reason why I'm very, I I don't touch a few of the the older formats, because even though the, the things are there to answer them, I just don't like playing against combo, to be honest with you. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's ugh. I'm fine it's with like creature-based combos that don't involve indestructibility, uh, so you can actually interact. Like Splinter Twin, I think is like a really good quote-unquote combo deck where if you're playing a normal game of Magic, you can still interact with them, and you don't need to like interact on the stack because if you interact on the stack, like only a certain color can do it, right? All other colors cannot, so you can't really play normal Magic anymore. But every color. Uh, should be able to interact with the board. So combos involving, like, the board, I think, are fine. Yeah, that, that's as, true. That's true. As far as Walking Ballista, I'm pretty happy that it's gone. I think that it's a really powerful card. And I think even... I think Heliad is more fun. Heliad opens up the possibility of some sort of, like, you know, life gaining Soul Sisters type deck, while Walking Ballista is just a card that would see playing a ton of different archetypes because it's just really strong just on rate, essentially. All right, last question. Albert Lund, I want to brew green-black rock with Sorulf, Realm Eater, but I don't have the wild cards. My vision includes Vorinclex. Saffron Olive, are you willing to act as a proxy and brew this bad boy? Rock tile <laughs> style I, decks in standard. What do you what do you think? That that actually sounds sweet. I mean, I do love Vorinclex decks, and... Uh, I think that could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, no promises on uh, how quickly or when it'll happen, but that's an idea that's interesting enough that uh, I could see working on it and doing a video or a stream with it. So stay tuned. Maybe uh, maybe at some point in the future we'll have some uh, some wolf action in standard with Warren Clags. All right, and that wraps up our fish mail for this week. So if you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, and we'll get to your questions on air. 
And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 317 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about Time Star Remastered spoilers and whatever else goes down in the world of magic. So, until then, everyone, have a wonderful week. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.